Hello and welcome to Witchy Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Lauren Cholantani, women's holistic health coach and fellow recovering perfectionist. This podcast was created to show you that your body is not in the way, it is actually leading your way. Hello, hello, you are listening to episode 179, The Power of Dreams with Tyrone Brown. I am very particular about the type of CBD and hemp products that I use. There's so much hype and lack of testing and quality in the industry. So the company that I love and use is Evo Hemp. Not only do they have a beautiful product like hemp seeds, CBD oil, gummies, even hemp chocolate, protein bars, protein powder. They also support a 40-acre co-op farm in Minnesota, which is farmer-owned, focusing on bringing quality and innovation back to Black, Indigenous, and other socially disadvantaged farmers. So if you are looking into trying any type of CBD or hemp products, head over to evohemp.com. The link is in the show notes and make sure you use code witchy, W-I-C-T-H-Y for 20% off of your purchase. Without further ado, please enjoy episode 179, The Power of Dreams with Tyrone Brown. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Witchy Wellness Radio. Again, I am your host, Lauren, and this is a show you learn how your emotions and your body are not in the way. They're actually leading the way. And today we have the amazing Tyrone Brown. He is a dreamtime coach and the creator of the Activated Dreamer Workshop and Masterclass. In the past, Tyrone was a stuntman and co-founder of a nonprofit art therapy program and also founded a mindfulness app. His background is in energy medicine, mindfulness, yoga, meditation, shamanism, and dreams. He now teaches students around the world to use their dreams as a transformational tool to connect to higher realms and step into their true potential. Welcome to the show. That is quite the witchy intro. I think you're you're with like-minded souls here. (laughs) Yes, definitely. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, I'm excited to have you here too. And I know we, we, I wanted to hear how you got into working with people with dreams and kind of your own hero's journey. And we're mostly going to talk about dreams this episode, but also this other thing called communication with ETs and extra dimensionals too, is, is a big part of that. And I, I told you, I put the intention out there, like in my own personal life, not that I, I hide behind anything. I'm so into all this, but I haven't in the four almost four years of the show, I haven't had anybody come on to really talk about this. And here you come here and I just booked future episodes. So you guys ready in a few months for more episodes on these topics that are actually pretty near and dear to my heart. So amazing synchronicities all around. I'm going to stop talking, Tyra. <laughs> Could you kind of enlighten us? How, how did you get to you know, I mean, building a mindfulness app and a nonprofit and all this other stuff. And now you're focusing on the beautiful healing modality of dreams. Yeah, I guess those things are all in the the direction towards just supporting others, uh, you know, the best that I can in the ways that I can, you know, with the app at the time and the the workshops and the in-person nonprofit and, and now through dreams and dream course, 
And, and that's just that inner, inner pool from the soul that you really can't explain why we do the things we do. But, you know, for example, the app, you know, I, I read Eckhart Tolle's book, if I pronounce his last name right, uh, Power of Now. And that brought my attention to like, oh, there's a such thing as being present and not present. And just by knowing that, I realized, wow, I'm not present most of the time. And a lot of us are not. We're thinking about the past or projecting the past into the present and worrying about the future. Um, so, so that led me to create a mindfulness app and because I realized how much I needed the help. So it was something, a tool I was going to create for myself, but I'm like, if I can benefit from it, so can others. And now fast forward to the dreams of how, how would I become here just to, to you know, showing up on podcasts as a guest, speaking on dreams and creating a course. And that's because my dreams stood out to me since an, since an early age. Like I think the earliest memory is about five years old. The earliest dreams that I remember still to this day, I recall some of those dreams. And I just remember as a kid, dreams stood out to me as something fascinating. You know, there wasn't anyone around that spoke to me about dreams. It was just my own experience and my own wondering. When I was 14, I discovered in my hometown in Virginia, where I was at the time, I discovered an esoteric store that one day at the right time, synchronicity, you know, it was time for me to get introduced to this. It was only two blocks away from my house I grew up in. And just the right day, I discovered it when I was 14. I'm now 42 while we're recording this. Uh, so I was 14. I saw a book on dreams and astral travel. They had crystals, things I hadn't yet been exposed to. Now that's all very much part of my world. But at the time, it was all new to me. And when I saw a book on dreams, I was like, ah, there is something to this. Someone wrote a book about it. So I read that book, and that started my journey when I was 14 into exploring my dreams and interpreting my dreams. And then fast forward to adult life. You know, friends would always ask me about dreams when they have dreams, whether they were roommates I lived with in the kitchen, we'd meet in the morning, they you know, ask me if I can interpret their dream or help them guide them to interpret their own dream more precise. And, you know, people would send me messages like the, through Facebook Messenger, or, you know, just friends from around the world would contact me and ask me these questions. And then one day I'm like, well, perhaps I should just create something that that other people can benefit from and they can learn what I've learned over my journey into dreams. And, and that's how I've you know, landed where I am. Again, it's one of those unexplainable things. It's just something that was a big part of my life that now I've just made it into a way that I can share what I've learned. Beautiful. And thank you for sharing that. And I know it's no one linear path when I ask those questions. I like, I love hearing the synchronicities and following that calling, those little, those little breadcrumbs from your soul or the universe or whatever That's you it. call it, you know, and, and it's beautiful retrospectively, you're having this bird's eye view to see this hero's journey that we're still on, right? It's never, we have made it. And I don't think we'd be in this life form or this dimension if we were there, but that's another topic. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just love hearing the synchronicities of how just by being present really and listening and tuning in to how, how you get to where you, who you are. It's not where you get, it's to, to be who you are. And for me, and I would love to hear your take on like what dreams really are. I know for my 3d perspective, a lot of it is like subconscious working through some crap, but also, you know, 
other vibrational entities or higher versions of yourself. You know, it's a vehicle for communication. It's kind of a blur between the veil. So I would love to hear in your words, like what, what is dream state, the dream world? Yeah. And you touched on some of those things. So yeah, dreams really are many things, you know, communication from your soul, source, God, God's goddess, the universe, like whatever you want to call it. And it really doesn't matter who the messenger is, where the dream or the vision is coming from. It's just the information that's important, not the messenger. Um, but then when like mainstream academia talks about dreams, they're referring to the subconscious dreams. And that's a big piece of the dream. So we've got our subconscious dreams. So things that are showing up within our subconscious that are showing up in symbolic imagery, you know, that, that needs interpreting usually. And those are things that are showing up. What are our predominant thought patterns are? What are our, what are limiting beliefs we might have that are not serving us? All these things are showing up, whether we're conscious of them or not. It's coming to our attention in our dreams to bring attention to them, to say, hey, you still have this belief. It's not serving you. It's showing up in this dream. You have this thought pattern that you've been running that continues to create this situation. And now it's showing up in your dream. So you can say, ah, okay, I see this thought pattern. Now that I'm aware of it, what are some actions I can take to help um, release if I need to release something to change my beliefs and to heal. And so we're using our dreams as a transformational tool and healing modality. Once we start actively working with them and you could just you know, use a label, uh, become a dream worker and something that's for yourself and you can support others in that process too. But really it's, uh, I like to say that our dreams are a cheat sheet for life that we're born with. It's like, there's this cheat code and it's our dreams. And so every night when we sleep, we're getting you know, guidance towards overcoming limiting beliefs, thought patterns, uh, healing things that need healed, and also guidance and breadcrumbs, like the language you use, breadcrumbs towards creating the life we want to create, towards becoming the person we want to become. It's all showing up in our dreams every night, but modern culture has lost touch with it. And when I realized really, it really sunk into me the depth of the information and wisdom we're getting in our dreams... I couldn't believe that it's not something that we're not all doing. We're not all journaling our dreams and making it just as a habit as waking up and brushing your teeth to wake up and reflect on your dreams and see what is the message I have for today that's going to help me and guide me in my life. Mm, so simple, but very, very, very powerful. And I'm amazed at so many people who don't dream anymore a lot of time because I don't think they get to that deep of a sleep as well but that I think that's more of a that's a, I don't know if that's a different issue or what but my next question is are there such things as bad dreams because I know if we've been through a lot of trauma whether it's this lifetime another lifetime sometimes we can have dreams where we're reenacting or reliving that trauma you know quote-unquote nightmares is it is there a bad thing are we just torturing ourselves or masochists or like you know What's your perspective on that? I like to first shift, like have the practice of, you know, for anyone that does have, you know, quote unquote, bad dreams, nightmares, to just shift the perspective on it, that even bad dreams are good because they're there just to guide us and to not take them too heavy, to, you know, be a little lighter around them and, and, and to know, again, they're just, they're just guidance. And the core of a dream to figure out what it is is the feeling. So the feeling is the healing. 
So in, in all dreams. So even in nightmares, what is the feeling in the dream? And not going too deep into it in this moment, but because I don't want to, I can easily just go off on the tangent. Uh, but the, okay, the feeling in the dream, since we're talking about bad dreams slash nightmares, what was the feeling in the dream? And then let's see, where can I identify this feeling? Let go of all the imagery from the dream. Usually the imagery in the dream isn't, isn't as important. Usually, sometimes it is. It's usually not important as important as the feeling that the imagery evokes. So you can let go of the, the imagery of this, you know, neon, green, evil dragon with red eyes, you know, <laughs> you know, whatever it was, you can let go of the image. What's the, what feeling did that evoke? And where in your life might you be experiencing that same feeling? And you just, it's just, you just have to reflect. You just go inward and reflect. And that practice alone of just going inward and reflecting versus looking outside of ourselves for answers, which we're taught to do, looking up the symbol online or in a dream book, we want to turn it inwards, look within, feel within, and just see what might that connect to in life? What might that dragon represent to me when I saw the dragon, when I saw the lion, when I saw this friend? What are the qualities of these people, places, things that were in your dream? What do they represent for you when you reflect on them? And what are the feelings they evoked? And where can you attach those feelings to something, or connect those feelings to something in your waking life? And that practice alone of inward reflection is strengthening and developing our intuition. So I encourage anyone that's out there, for one, to start a dream journal if you don't already have one. And for two, to give it a try to not look up symbols online or in a book. Reflect within. If you can't find the interpretation, that's okay as well. And and of course, you might look up something online and you might resonate with it and get something out of it. And that's great too. But before you do that, first reflect and see what it might represent for you. I love that. And I love tuning into the, the feelings. And isn't that just like the secret to life is mm-hmm. in any situation, dreaming or awake, what's, what's coming up? What is, where's, where's the emotion? Mm-hmm. What's the deeper core issue that is bubbling up? And for me, I notice when I've been getting really deep into breath work this past year when I'm clearing a lot of crap, you know, that's really deep, like root sacral gunk. When mm-hmm. I say gunk, it's, just, you know, very dense. My dreams are out. Of, I mean, the, it feels like the energy is just, woo. It's not it, nothing crazy, but I just dream very vividly. Is there with that energy release? Is it just releasing or, or like reaching a different like vibration? Like, What's happening there? It's, it's my own personal question, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be so many different things for different people at different times. It could be, you know, it's, there's so much that, that could be. Um, but the dreams are supporting that process, the release process. You might be just seeing something, have a dream that's showing the release that's happening. It might just be encouraging. You're like, look, this is what's happening. You know, it might just represent that. It might be a dream showing you something else that it's connected to, to help you release more. So it's supporting the process either way. Mm -hmm. And so dream work is something to just any spiritual practice you have, any healing practice you're doing, any whatever you're doing, it's just something to add to it applies. It's going to assist everything else that you're doing. If if you're in a, uh, some sort of Vipassana or some sort of retreat or 
notice your dreams during those times. They're usually connected to what you might have an intention into this retreat that you're doing, into this work that you're doing. Uh, I'm kind of going again off now into a tangent, but the dreams are there to support whatever process you're in and to support maybe a new process that would be good for you to explore. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I always notice that. And the other funny thing I notice is my partner and I notice when one of us has a vivid dream, we'll wake up and he, he goes, did you have really crazy dreams last night? And it's almost like even at the middle of the night, it's like we, we sync up in this brainwave mm-hmm. state. Maybe not the same dream, but we're, we're, we're very vividly in the dream state, which I think is cool. Is there, I mean, vivid dreaming is something or like lucid dreaming. I'm sorry. Lucid dreaming is something that I'm interested about. Do you, do you help people with lucid dreaming at all? Is that part of like a dreaming practice? Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, lucid dreaming, mm-hmm. there's a lot you can do there, you know, for one, just the go-to for most people is to fly and just to have that experience and that feeling of that freedom of flight which is a beautiful thing. Um, some other things with lucid dreaming is you could use them actively for healing and gaining information as well. You can go into a, a dream, go into the night with the intention of having a lucid dream and then going to explore you know, something that's present within you that you're working towards to find some information, some insights from a lucid place. Of course, it's going to show up in your subconscious dream, but you can actively go in like, oh, I'm having this issue in my physical body. I wonder if I can in a lucid dream, actually go into my body and see what's happening. And so one time I did that and I saw parasites, you know, and which triggered, you know, got me into action to take some various, you know, natural supplements to just help with cleansing parasites. So, uh, there you can, there's, it's endless what you can do. You can also use lucid dreaming as a catalyst to astral travel. So I imagine a lot of people listening here are familiar with that. If you're not, it's traveling with your energy body. You know, you can go to real tangible places in existence. So from a lucid dream, you can set an intention. I want to connect with uh, the Pleiadians. I want to connect to, or I want to go visit, you know, the Grand Canyon, or I want to go visit Venus. You know, it doesn't matter that it's endless. I want to, you know, call in a loving, supportive spirit guide to take me on a field trip somewhere. It's, it's really endless. And when you realize that there's so much you can do in the dream space, it really motivates you to actually want to start journaling and start tapping into this because we're actually doing a lot more in our dream, in the dream space, like when we're our physical form is sleep, then we actually remember. Aside from our dreams, we're interacting with other people. We're visiting friends that are even here, still alive. We're visiting past people. We're visiting other beings from other places that we're connected to, but just not consciously at this time, usually don't consciously have an, uh, a remembrance of. And a lot of times we're not bringing back this information when we wake up, these experiences uh, and my perspective on it and what I've received as for myself as confirmation from the guidance is that the reason we don't bring back a lot of these experiences when we sleep is to help us to be present and grounded in our life here. Cause it's, it could be easy to want to like, Oh, I, I was so magical on this planet, in this place that I visited. And I know it's so real. I'd rather just be there, but it's like, no, we, we chose to be here. So let's be here. And yeah, there's some thoughts on that. Yeah. Yeah, I I love that because I can, you know, I find myself with past life regression. Sometimes I think it's a very useful tool 
but I can sometimes get into like rabbit hole tunnel vision of how cool or, you know, these different, these different lifetimes. And, and instead of gleaming what I need to glean from that and in being present here in this lifetime, in this body, when I, what I'm here to learn. Mm-hmm. And I guess, how, how do you, how do you start to do? You, I mean, from my perspective, lucid dreaming, I set an intention, like before I go to bed to kind of, to, to, you know, whether it's travel or to be aware or whatever, what, what are some steps that somebody wants to try to start incorporating that, I guess, tonight when they go to bed? Sure. Yeah. There's some, what's called reality checks. So the movie Inception, you know, they had, what would they call the totem in the movie? So Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Dom Cobbs, I think that was his name, his character's name. Uh, he had a spinning top and he would spin this top in his waking life. He'd keep it in his pocket. He knew the weight of it as well. And he would spin it. And in the waking life, it would eventually topple over. In a dream, usually it would keep spinning. So that's just an example of a, of a physical object. So you could have like a, this is kind of a big crystal to put in your pocket, but you could have like a small little crystal or stone that you have. And you can keep it in your pocket or your bag somewhere that you're going to, a few times throughout the day, you're going to put your hand in your bag or your pocket. You're going to touch it and feel it. And you know, there's a facet here. I know this facet. I know the weight and texture of this object. You become familiar with that throughout the day, make a connection with it. In your dreams, you're likely to do the same thing, to reach in your pocket or wherever you have that little stone or crystal or object. And you're going to do the same thing. And it's usually going to feel different. It's that difference which is triggering you, aha, something's different. Am I dreaming or am I awake? You can ask that question. Another reality check is, you know, see, there's so many of them. I'm trying to think of the most practical one. One is checking the time or looking at your hands. I'm going to share both at the same time because it's the same practice. So whether it's looking at your, the palm of your hands, the lines in your hands, or the time, you're going to look at the palm of your hands and recognize the lines in your hands and then close your eyes and then open them again. And look, is your, do the lines stay the same? Does your hand look different? And at the same time, you ask, am I dreaming or am I awake? And you do this a few times throughout the day. You want to make a habit. Like if you really are dedicated to start lucid dreaming, you can do it every three to four hours, every two to three hours even, or every four hours or so. You can set a timer on your phone to repeat every few hours and just do your reality check. You're again, just creating that habit of doing that so you do it in your sleep. Same thing with the time. You look at the time on your watch or your phone, see the time. Okay, it's 11.11. <laughs> you know, close your eyes and look back. Is the time still 11.11 or 11.12 maybe? That's fine. It's not much of a change. But if it's a dream, it's usually going to be completely different or the numbers are floating or it's not even a phone in your hand. It's a shell now. You know, something's going to change. So those are just a few reality checks you can do. Create the habit. You'll do it in your dream space and trigger you awake. And you really just have to keep a softness around it. By softness, meaning if a week goes by, two weeks, a month even, you haven't lucid dreamed or remembered lucid dreaming, to just keep a softness around it and just keep the intention, keep keep doing your reality check and it will happen. And it can get to a point where you can uh, do it more readily as well. Beautiful. And so one, one other note is what I've found in my own experience is that the more I've practiced being present in my waking life and just coming back to the present moment over and over, the more readily I've been able to lucid dream without needing to do a technique. 
And how that's happened is I've been in dreams where something changes. The physics works different than the waking life. Like, hold up a second. In my normal life, well, where I spend most of my time, physics doesn't work this way. One of the dreams, there was a cup at a restaurant. and This is a dream. I looked, I saw the cup was one color. I turned away and came back and the cup had changed color. It was still the cup, but it changed color. And that triggered me into a lucid dream. So it's just practicing lucid dreaming helps you be more present in the waking life. Practicing being present in your waking life helps you be more present in your dreams. It's just, it's really all the, the veil between the two waking and dream world starts to slip away as you start to just be present in, in, in life. I love those reality checks. And one, I feel like I'm talking about my partner a lot. He has more dreams than I do. And he can tell when he's in a dream, his reality check is he tries to read something. He cannot read it either. It's blurry <laughs> or it, it looks like a different language. He, he'll like pick up a menu or his phone or just like the numbers. He'll just be like, oh, this is a dream. This is not, I can't read. This is, this is not real. I'm in a dream. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we're often we'll start floating. Yeah. And maybe give this to him to try next time he sees some text to like give it the most pinpoint focus that he can, complete focus just on the text and see if he can hold the words together and read something. Mm. And I, I've done this before and it, it it feels like it takes some effort of of just such a present focus, like flow state focus. Mm-hmm. And you can sometimes read something from the writing and it might be nonsense, but it's still fun to try. So yeah. pass that on to him. I will. Uh, I will tonight. I'll have yeah. him try that because he every, anytime he has like a very you know vivid dream or he remembers a lot of it, it he always says there's something to do with text and he, that's mm-hmm. what snaps him into, Oh, this isn't, this isn't real life. So very cool. Um, I wanted to transition a little bit about using dream state and dreams as a vehicle for communication, whether it's, you know, God, goddesses, higher self, extra dimensionals, extraterrestrials. How do we start, start to start to do that? Yeah. A quick note on that. The Egyptian word for dreams is Roswet, which translates to be awake. So the Egyptian word for dreams means to be awake. And the Egyptians saw that in our dream time, that's when we have access to, to peek behind the veil of the 3D world, to, to experience the world that we were in before being birthed into this physical world. And it, Egyptians and Greeks had sleep temples or dream temples, you could call them, where someone had some, you know, either physical or emotional or spiritual, any type of healing they wanted to take place. They would go to these sleep slash dream temples and they would sleep overnight, have a sleepover in these temples. And then they would wake up and there would be dream, what we call dream priests there, basically interpreters. And so dream priests, and they would share their dreams with the interpreter to help decipher the message, go with the intention specifically of receiving a message around something they were working to heal. And, and so that was the thing the Egyptians had. But Egyptians also used dreams as a way to communicate with other beings, other beings, like you said, extraterrestrial, extra-dimensional, just non-physical, the beyond. And so how can we do that? One is to set the intention, like you said. The intention is really everything, really, with, with most things. And, and making contact with other beings, I like to always add this note, because there's, there can be a lot of fear around this for some, as far as, oh, I don't want to invite in you know, something I don't want to call in. 
you know, how do I know if I can, these beings have my best intentions. And, and so some language you can use, you can take this language as it is or make it your own, but in the intention, loving supportive spirit guides, I welcome you to work more directly with me. Loving supportive spirit guides, I would love to see you in my dreams. Loving supportive spirit guides, I welcome you to work with me in my dreams. So whatever intention you want to set, you can add loving supportive spirit guides. And it's like, you know, you're not going to pick up a phone and just dial a random number unless you're prank calling, but you're not usually going <laughs> to, you're not usually going to pick up a phone and just dial a random number. And so by saying loving supportive spirit guides or whatever language you create around that, you're dialing a specific number. You're calling your loving supportive spirit guides and have confidence and know that you're not calling anything else beyond that. Nothing else is going to enter your space that you're, you're calling them direct and they, it, it is heard. So that there's the intention, setting the intention, but it's an intention and also an invitation. Because, you know, these extraterrestrial, extra-dimensional beings that we already have connections to, again, not remembering at the moment, they also like an, an invitation because they don't want to impede on our free will. And this is why when we're, you know, having a challenge in life and we're like, guys, really, I need you right now. What is the answer? Usually you don't get it. It's, it usually comes when you least expect it, when you've let go. And so they're there to support our process of empowering ourselves. Uh, yeah, that's it, of empowering ourselves. So the intention and invitation. And then from there, the dream space is a great space if you want to connect with like extraterrestrial star family, I like to call them star family or spirit guides and all, all the same, all our divine entourage. This, the dream world is a great space to make that connection because having the connection, maybe they show up in your room and manifest in your room, which could happen and has happened. But having that happen right away as, as your first experience can be startling to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> and usually, even though we have an excitement to connect with extraterrestrials, our family, spirit guides, there's still some fear of it. It's like, oh, I don't don't manifest in my room at night, please. Okay. You know, set some boundaries if you want. But the dream space is what, what is the point I'm making is a great space to make that. It's it's not as confrontational. It's it's a more comforting space to make that initial contact. So for me, specifically with extraterrestrials, my star family. My first contact was in my dream, is in the dream space. Now, I, I did see a, a ship when I was 10, but that was at a, I was at a far distance away. That was the answer I received of why that happened at that time was that was just a seed being planted for me because that's something I was going to remember. And then later, then I had closer encounters, but that was far away. But as far as like, it was in my adult life when I started having dreams where I was meeting with extraterrestrial, extra-dimensional beings, beings that were not human in different forms, multiple different forms, some of the same beings I'd meet with reoccurring, and also you know, on different planets, different ships, and sometimes same ships, like a reoccurring ship that I became to know and, and, yeah, and, and go there and to be taught things. And this is happening while my physical body sleep, or you could say, while I'm in the dream world. So that started there. And then one day after having all of these dream experiences and being taught things in the dream space, because I had set the intention and an invitation prior to welcome this in. So it was, it was coming and it comes at the right time. You know, if it doesn't come tomorrow, it's nothing wrong with you. You don't have to be at a certain level. It's just, 
our guides know exactly when it's the right time for us to have that experience. So be patient. And so one day I said, okay, I know you're real. I see you in my dreams. I feel your presence. I want to see you specifically an extraterrestrial star family. I want to see you in my waking state. This is me setting an intention and an invitation. I want to see you in my waking state, clear mind, no plant medicine, no ganja, nothing. Clear, pure presence, wakefulness. And so that eventually happened. Now, long story short, I've now had eight visits uh, between Hawaii, where I lived for a while, Bali, uh, Thailand now, and also in my home uh, east coast of the U.S. Very cool. So I guess we can, this is a whole nother podcast episode, but what people who maybe are not as familiar with extra dimensionals, extraterrestrials, like they can manifest a lot of times phase and shift out of dimensions. So I guess, could you give us a brief rundown? Like if you do ask to see something physically or in dream state, and there's so many different types of beings out there. But I think of the work of like Dr. Stephen Greer and a lot of his stuff. And like, they see a lot of more light beings and they capture things on um, like cameras and you can mm-hmm. see them after the fact if they have long exposures. Um, I guess what are, expect the unexpected, but do you have some more tips about like, hmm, how things manifest, I guess, if you will? <laughs> yeah, well, as far as it's really up to you if you want to, Welcome yeah. that experience, waking state or dream state. It's it's really up what you're comfortable with. Uh-huh. So starting with the dreams is a good place to yes. get comfortable. Because even for myself, really wanting that experience to see them in my waking life, adult life, where I could really be present and have a close, really close experience. There was still for a while before that happened, there was still some fear. And I was like, ah, wish this fear would just go away. Like I'm so excited at the same time there's fear. And that's normal. A lot of us have that because it's the unknown. So working with that fear, and one of the ways too, and this is all part of the welcoming this experience, especially in the waking, is visualizations. Or you're outside and you look at a star or a planet, you know, something bright in the sky, and just pretend that it's a ship. Pretend that it's your star family looking back at you. Just pretend and just get comfortable with that. And pretend that they're coming closer. Or if you don't want to do that outside, if that's still a little too intimidating, you can do it inside during the day with your eyes closed as a visualization as a fun like visualization exercise super fun to i mean for me to to nerd out on this type of thing to visualize your visualize yourself outside and seeing you know a ship in the sky or whatever a glowing orb whatever you want to welcome in again loving supportive spirit guides and just visualize that visualize them getting closer and see how you feel in your body in the visualization and because you're you're training your body to get used to this experience and Release the fear. You feel the fear? Where's the fear in your body? Like I said, breath work. Okay, breathe. Breathe into that fear and, and, and just let yourself soften and just relax into the moment. It's really a practice to welcome that experience. But again, it's going to happen when it's the time is right for us, usually when we least expect it. Um, any more tips around that? I feel like that's it, really. It's a, just a getting comfortable with the experience. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, I think visualization is such a powerful tool. Um, even from a 3d perspective, we're starting to learn. And I, I talk about this a lot on the show. So listeners probably have heard me say this, 
you know, it's, you're literally firing and wiring the same parts of your brain as if it was happening in real life. So you're creating at a physical 3D level, the same connections in your brain as if it was happening in real life, your body can't tell the difference. So what Tyrone just said is a perfect example, whether you want to practice or visualize contact or any other change in your life where you feel this resistance, or maybe you don't feel resistance. It's a very powerful tool that I try to do, even if, even a few minutes in the morning, but throughout the day, because you, I, I can taste, feel, smell. I can feel the emotions where they are in my body with certain visualizations. And um, yeah, it's, it, it, you are able to create and maintain that vibration to be that match whenever, wherever that does happen. Like you said, or the spirit, spirit guides or star family knows it's the right time. So that, that's, that's right. two cents. <laughs> yes. Well, well articulated. Yeah. And I actually have another important note I'd like to add. Yeah, please. And that is, you know, it's so easy for one, for us, for example, extraterrestrials, extra dimensionals, often we're looking up the sky. We're looking up. Sometimes we might come from a place of seeing them as greater than us, above us, more evolved than us. We're, so it's natural, at least in the beginning of having or wanting to connect, to see them as something that's greater than us but they see us equal eye to eye. And so we're starting to see how to articulate this is learn to see them practice, practice seeing them eye to eye. When you think about connecting with your spirit guides or ETs, even if you're looking up into the sky, you see them as eye to eye. Like they are you, you are them. You know, it's, we're, we're each other uh, and we are equal. And that's an important note that uh, I was recently told from, my star family, uh, they gave me the experience of seeing uh, through my eyes how they see us. And at the moment, I was, look, I was in the jungle and I was looking at an insect. And in that moment, they looked through my eyes and gave me the experience of looking at the insect and how they look at us. And now, because at first I saw this insect as the opposite of what I'm saying now, as something that's less than me, as something I saw it crawling to the edge of a of a leaf that was like sticking off the ground and like, Oh, it had to turn around because there was nowhere else to go. I'm like, ah, oh, silly insects, you know, not very smart, but, but no, then I shifted and I saw it as equal. I do that all the time. I go to the end of a metaphorical leaf. I'm like, Oh crap. I turn around, find my way, you know? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really just uh, keeping the power within yourself. And that's what our spirit guides, extraterrestrial, extradimensional, angelic, whatever they are, they want us to keep the power within ourselves and to see them as, as a friend on the same level. Oh my gosh. What a beautiful experience and a way to, to understand and like soak in that wisdom, something so simple, but so beautiful. I'm going to keep that, that picture in my mind, like yeah, metaphorically coming to that leaf. I'm just like, you can't see me, but I'm raising my hand over here, guys. I'm like, yep, that's, yeah. that's all of us. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Thank you so much, Tyrone, for coming on. This was such an amazing conversation about dreams and, and contact and just how to listen and tune in and be present so we can see those breadcrumbs and, and follow through with those. So thank you so much. Um, we close out. So show the same way every single time. How may we, the listeners, as an act of gratitude, be of service for you in return today? Yeah, well, uh, if you have any you know, dream experiences that you want to share or 
and the ET extra dimensional spirit guides, you feel called to just want to share them with someone because maybe you don't have that uh, support around you or or your tribe around you that you can share all of these types of things with, which is pretty common. We don't always can always have these conversations with every single person we meet. Uh, send me a DM. Let me know you heard this podcast. At the moment, I don't have anything that I'm promoting. My I don't have any active courses running right now. I might in a few months. So whenever I do announce that, it would be announced through my Instagram. Perfect. And we'll make sure that's in the show notes because this we're recording this in February, but this probably won't come out until till March. So end of March. So we'll we'll make sure we get all those things in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on. It was such a pleasure diving deep into the unknown with you today. Nice to connect with you. Thanks for letting me share. (laughs) And remember, open up, surrender, trust, and let your body lead the way.